cross oh. comes in. White with the header. And here comes Whitehead. It's gold for Great Britain. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> I think we said that before. Um, that we just love that intro. It just always makes us feel good right? music with feel good yeah. conversation, obviously as well. Definitely. Um, welcome back to Track and Ball Podcast with myself, Ellen White. I'm Richard Whitehead. Thank you for joining us for this episode. Now, last week we did a live session where we encourage schools, teachers, parents and children, children to kind of get involved and send us questions. Um, and, you know, it was a, it was a live Q&A for us, really. Um, we really enjoyed it. Um, we got a great response. Um, so many questions, some amazing questions, some shout outs to, to schools as well. Um, and we didn't actually get through all the questions. So, so we, many. <laughs> we, did, we did have an amazing response. Um, and we said um, on the live that we wanted to kind of reach out and we wanted to answer every question. So this is what this episode is all about, is answering those questions we, we weren't able to actually on the live. Um, so we're excited to, we haven't properly read them all, so that probably makes it a bit more exciting. Um, but yeah, we're excited to, to kind of read them all, answer them all, and a, another shout out to all the schools really for, for listening and, and for contacting us really. Yeah, as uh, as a podcast, it's really important that we engage with all areas of community and the response we got was overwhelming from parents, teachers and children with some questions that obviously we had maybe answered before in some of our media interviews and then other ones, obviously like we know from children, can be from anywhere, which are great <laughs> and they are challenging. So we're just going to go through them and give some shout outs and we're both going to answer them as honestly as we can. And just remember when you, when you, when you send these questions in that these are our opinions and uh, not anybody else's. So, <laughs> just a disclaimer to start with. <laughs> I know, yeah, just, just in case somebody like goes, oh, what is Richard Wright and Ellen saying on Trackable Podcast? <laughs> But so, Ashley, primary turtles. Now, when I first saw this question, I really want to ask it, but we didn't have time. Yeah. So the question is, what would you say is the best thing children can do now to prepare for being an athlete at all levels in the future? And it's hashtag we are turtles, hashtag we are ace, which you are. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's an amazing question, to be honest. Um, and... I think we've said before that we're, we're kind of living in quite challenging times at the moment. But um, for me, I would say just try and do anything you can at the moment. You know, a little bit of exercise, a little bit of training, working on your skills, whether that's football, athletics, anything you can do outside, um, in your garden, indoors as well. I know it is a bit colder. Um, and, and also having the right mentality. I think that's a, a big Have fun. Thing. Have fun. <laughs> yeah. Smile. Yeah. Um, I think that's, that's probably what me and Rich do. We just have fun. Um, but yeah, I think I think yeah, we're all living in really hard times at the moment. But yeah, like Rich said, have fun. But also, you know, make time for a little bit of skilled um, sessions, whether that's in your house, outside, something like that. And we're going to look into doing some more of those little bits for us as well. Like we, we talked about maybe having an academy for 
the children and young people and maybe parents and teachers. So maybe in the future we'll do some skills that you can adapt for being at home and maybe, like we said, in the live, kicking around a, t- a toilet roll, doing some kick-ups or maybe doing some, some running drills on your grass yeah. or asher turf at home. And a lot of the things that we talk about are very adaptive. So whether it's for kind of some tools or some uh, advice for parents, it also can work for teachers and and, and children as well. And I think for me, preparation is really key um, as part of that question. So well done for, for, for that school to write in that question. Preparation is key to success. So prepare for when you are an athlete or even about just enjoying taking part in sport because sometimes we get so focused on the end goal of being the best England striker ever. Congratulations, Ellen, for that. <laughs> um, but um, but as as individuals, we just want to have fun and, and, and learn new things. And we're always learning. And that's yeah. really important. Okay, next question. We're going to so try and rackle is, through these because yeah. there's loads of them. This is from Richard Bonington Primary. I think we did kind of mention them in our live, but I really like this question. So what or who inspired you to be a runner or an athlete footballer? Yeah, so when I was growing up, there wasn't really people that looked like me when I was uh, a disabled child. So it's really important that scenes believe, and that's why inclusion is really important at the moment. And... So I was inspired by like footballers, really. Big Spurs fan, so Gary Lineker, people like that. And then when I was like 14, I saw this story called the Terry Fox story, and he was an amputee that started running, and that inspired me to get involved. And I think it's really important that when you aspire to be like somebody, you can believe that you could possibly be them. And I'm now a professional athlete, like doing quite well, and, and so I'm living my dream, and you can too. What about you, Ellen? Um, I think who inspired me to start with was probably kind of like my mum and dad. Um, I know it's a bit cliche and a bit soppy, but I think they both really kind of encouraged me, um, supported me in in the love for kind of sport and football. Um, it wasn't just football. Um, you know, I played uh, netball, athletics. I did a bit of horse riding. You know, I kind of dabbled in all different sports really, and really enjoyed everything: tennis, badminton, in the garden, just anything. Um, so they inspired me to really get involved, enjoy sport, um, and uh, yeah, they still do now, to be honest. And I think that's important as well that you try lots of different skills, lots of different sports. Uh, so yeah, another great, great question there. What well, um, and Olivia and Lydia from the Red Hill Sisters. I remember we we kind of <laughs> the best player ever. I'm like going best player ever, favorite current player. Which team or or era would you have loved to be part of, Ellen? I think that was a great question, really. Um, best player ever. I think that you know everyone's got an opinion about that one, really. Um, I would say. Well, probably Pele. Pele. Or the the older Ronaldo, maybe. Um, Older. uh, Current current favourite player, I'd say Mo Salah or Haaland, who plays for Dortmund. I'm a big fan of strikers, obviously being a striker. And which men's team, any era, would you have loved to be a part of? I'm sorry, I'm going very old school for for people, but I'd probably say the Euro 96 England team. I would have loved to be. They had some 
unbelievable players, crazy players. Um, Paul Gascoigne, for instance. Um, but yeah, I'd love to have been part of that. What, what about you, Rich? So I'm a big footy fan as well, obviously Spurs fan, but I, I, I do love like, international football. Uh, I do love skillful players. Zidane is somebody mm-hmm. that, that I've grown up with. He was amazing. Like the ability to uh, move with a football was like magical. So if yeah. if you've not heard of Zidane, Zinedine Zidane, uh, obviously manager as well as uh, obviously player for Real Madrid. Check him out on YouTube and see some of his wonderful goals for France and Real Madrid and Juventus. But um, also kind of how how he was perceived. He was like the proper superstar like Ronaldo is now. Uh, but he, for me, was my favourite. Um, and I I would probably go back to athletics for the favourite kind of team that I'd oh, like to be. Good. Yeah, so I'd like to go back to probably... Like 2000, when when the Olympics was yeah. was then, and, and and really kind of encompass what sport was at that time, when it wasn't about like money, or mm-hmm. it was it was really about like the purity of sport. So that was like a, a big time for me. And when people like Kelly Holmes and um, Paula Radcliffe were were athletes, I'd well, I'd like to be one of their team members. And I know Kelly and Paula Paula well, and they're they're great athletes. I think. Got, sorry, just jumping in on that. I think you and Thomas spoke about that, who was our he previous did, guest, um, about um, that kind of era and those kind of yeah. athletes like Sal- Sally Gunnell and stuff. So, yeah, if, if you haven't checked out that that kind of Olympic era, like Rich said, for, Zid- for Zidane, Thomas. yeah, go on, go on YouTube or check out our podcast for you and Thomas. <laughs> this is from Twitter. Um, it's... Her, her her kind of tag was Natasha two nine zero five six eight eight seven. So I hope that person. Knows I love that. I love that. You, you know that that's like one of those uh, emails uh, that you have <laughs> when you're like fourteen, like Richard at I love my little pony dot com. So. This one's actually really interesting. Um, has there ever been a time in your careers where you've wanted to quit? And if so, what motivated you to continue? I, th- I think with, with athletes, there's always those those times when it's really tough. And obviously, as younger people that may be listening or watching this, you probably have those incidents where bullying or low self-worth or not having the opportunities to participate like now... So it's, it's really tough. Um, it's remembering that you've got people around you that you can talk to and you can, that can support you through that. Also, there's always things that you can be doing. I say knowledge is power. So you can be, if you're uh, a young footballer like Ellen was or a young athlete like I was back in the day, 20 years ago, <laughs> 30 years ago. Uh, then... <laughs> Then um, there's always things that you can do to add value to yourself. But also in those t- those dark times, it's really important to know that it can be better and we all need hope. So don't feel down. Uh, we know that you'll you're, you're maybe have an injury or have something that you have to overcome, but that's a learning process and there's people that can support you through that. I think you answered that perfectly, to be honest. And then there's uh, a question on the back of that as well, though, wasn't there? Uh, about the chocolate thing. Yeah. So what was it? What was the other question? Do, Do footballers, footballers <laughs> eat, well, athletes eat chocolate? Because well, I'm sure I'm sure people do want to know this. Do they? 
And what is your favourite chocolate? I'm sure would be okay, yeah. an add-on question. Yeah, so yeah. I love anything with copious amounts of sugar. So sweets, <laughs> chocolate, ice cream. My favourite yeah. chocolate is dairy milk or giant buttons. <gasps> I, I love Terry's chocolate orange. I can, no. yeah, that just doesn't... Uh, a, a nice mug of coffee or hot chocolate and a Terry's chocolate orange, that's it, I'm away. What about yourself? I am giant chocolate buttons. Um, I could eat bags, bags and bags of them, to be fair. Um, I, I told you the story, of... didn't you? I told you a story about the giant buttons. No. Did I tell you that? No, I don't. No, tell... go on. So 2012 Cadbury's were the Olympic Paralympic sponsors. And mm. as part of the relation, I was sponsored by Cadbury's at that point. They sent as copious amounts of free chocolate. Oh. I know you like free things. I know. Mm. <laughs> Shout out to Lego. Get in touch. <laughs> Shout out to Cadbury's now. <laughs> <laughs> and and um, they sent as copious amounts of chocolate. And obviously, I, I wasn't eating it. Obviously, the lead up to the games. Anyway, so at the time, my uh, coach Liz Yelling and her partner. I thought, well, I send it to them and their family. And so I sent Martin Yelling, who's Liz's husband all my chocolate for the month so so 18 boxes of giant buttons so there was like 48 massive bags and wow. he, he gets every bag <laughs> and, and since he's never took chocolate after oh. reading how much saturated fat was in there so, so don't do it's it at home don't do it at home so so your favorites what's your favorite giant buttons as well yeah definitely i don't really like orange chocolate mixed together um, but yeah, I could, to be honest, I do like most chocolate. To be fair. Um, so, Pop, so Poppy had a question about uh, what was the reason of you being a, a footballer? It's obviously specifically to yourself. Well, I've I grew up in a in a house that was football crazy, massive West Ham fans. Um, my brother played football. My dad did a bit of five aside. Um, and I pretty much I'm the youngest as well, so I got kind of dragged to to go and watch my brother play, um, which meant that it was pretty much in my DNA that I'd play football, really. Um, and I absolutely loved it. We used to have kind of footballs in the house, in the garden. Um, and, yeah, it was pretty much just family-orientated, really. That was the route you were going to... Were you at any point kind of drifting towards another sport or was football always that kind of pathway for you? Um, I did actually have to make a decision. I, I started playing netball at secondary school because I didn't have a football team. Um, and I had a decision whether I was going to choose netball or football. Um, and obviously I went with football. Um, but I loved netball as well. I loved playing it. Again, it's a team sport as well. I loved playing, being part of a team, being part of my school team, county team. Um, but I just love football too much, to be fair. I've got a question off the back up. Do you miss recreational sport? as a professional athlete because i definitely yes do. absolutely Fred, so just to, going having fun with friends yeah, yeah just yeah, on the kick of that so i used to, i used to play five side football uh, a lot, lot of the lot of my mates will mention it at some point but i used to play a lot of five side football i used to play by power league on a tuesday night yeah um kind of doing like laddie things sport wise golf and all that kind of cricket yeah. and stuff and i really miss kind of just a social aspect because a professional sport's great you, it's it's a pleasure that and it's a privilege that we're able to train yeah. and play, but um, yeah, it's, I think recreational sport is kind of the thing that really drives you. I think, and I'm definitely yeah, going back definitely. to it when I retire. 
Definitely, and we'll have fingers crossed um, it can start back up again for everyone as well soon. Yeah, it's important, isn't it? It's important oh, for communities. Um, We've got lots of questions from Great Witchingham. Uh, yeah. Do you want to do the next one, Els? I will do another one. Um, what This one's quite a good one. What other sports do you play or have you played? Oof. And that was from Tommy. That was from Tommy, was it? Hi, Tommy. Great question from Great Witchingham again. Um, yeah, everyone. You know, you know, I, don't like, <laughs> I don't like horses, so no question. But apart from that, every sport that you can think of, I've done. Swimming, gymnastics, f- football, like I say. What else have I done? Ice hockey. Uh, ice hockey. I went to winter, winter games, obviously, athletics a lot of. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't really, I'm not a massive rugby fan, so not played any rugby. I know that's a bit controversial, but um, apart from that, yeah, everything. I think, sport, like I say, sport's very social, and I think mm-hmm. when I was growing up, there wasn't there was computers around, but it wasn't as big as it is now. Like a lot of people play PlayStation or vir- virtual reality stuff or yeah. or Xbox. Uh, but yeah, when when I was growing up, it was literally I'd go out and play football with my mates, and then come back when it got dark. Yeah, probably the same as you. Yeah, exactly the same. Yeah, or you'd run home and be like, "Mum, can I stay out for like five more minutes?" And, and five more minutes. Home <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Um, another question. Let's go the one from Pollyanne. Uh, if you weren't a footballer, uh, what job would you have done or will you do? <laughs> That's a good question. Um, do you know what? Probably when when I was a bit younger, I was like wanting to be like a policewoman or something like that. And I've 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 kind of looked into like being like a firefighter, something very active. I want to help people. Um, but then also I want to kind of grow the game at the same time and still be involved with sport because I feel like I would miss it. Um, but I definitely want something that's physical. Well, what about so, yourself? What, what would you... I was smiling because my work experience was at um, a police training centre. Was it? In, Notti- in Nottingham, yeah. So uh, so I, uh, a place called Episton Training Centre in Nottingham, mm-hmm. which was just down the road from me. And... Uh, I did some work with the uh, dog handlers, went on the uh, the river police, went out oh, wow. in the police cars, admin. Uh, so I was very similar to yourself. And then obviously kind of uh, after I finished school, kind of went into sports development, teaching, mm-hmm. and then kind of came into sport. So I've already had an experience of having a full-time job. But yeah. um, it, it, I think sport gives you that skill set that then when you look for the employment, you can offer so much. So those yeah. boys and girls at home that are thinking sports just for fun, the skills that you're gaining while playing or participating or administrating or spectating or being part of uh, sport in general, those are the skills you can take into employment. Mm-hmm. And also employment opportunities look for those skills as well so don't feel that just because you are taking part in sport those skills aren't transferable they definitely are we've we've said that before actually in the podcast Mm. about having that toolbox and building up that toolbox um so that's a really good thing like organization working well with people um making new friends being social um being disciplined mentality there's so many things that can sport can give you to really enable that toolbox and and push you into different avenues um, which i think is is an amazing part of sport 
Yeah, definitely. We've had a we had a lot of questions from from younger people, but we've also had a couple of questions from uh, teachers. Do you want mm -hmm. to uh, read out the next one from Mrs. Yeah, Hollis? This, yeah, Mrs. Hollis. This is again from Great Witchingham. Um, what helps you to keep your mind focused on your personal goals, especially in the tough times we're living in? And that and that's a question that obviously can be transferable to those children that mm -hmm. are homeschooling and and, and yeah. in their class as well. I think it's really important to have goals that are achievable and they're measurable as well, and then yeah. self evaluate those, um, and then share your experience of obviously the achievement uh, because sometimes we think that kind of that winning goal or that that great piece of work you kind of celebrate yourself but it's really important to sh celebrate with other people and then set new goals and have aspirations to be as 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 big and as better and believe seeing is believing like we always mm -hmm. say and um yeah just try your best always try your hardest and remember that there's people around you that support that success as well so share it definitely um, and another one was from Mrs. Hollis, actually, never one. Uh, how do you keep motivated, especially with the Olympics and Paralympics being pushed back a year and hopefully happening this summer? Wow. Yeah, this is a question for both of us, isn't it, really? Because yeah. not just myself with the Paralympics, you're, you've got aspirations to go to another another Games. Yeah. Um, and with me, it's it's about obviously qualifying or re-qualifying for the Games, making sure that I'm still fit and healthy, Motivating face is really tough. I gave everything last year, last winter, to get to the games last year, and it just didn't happen. So it hit me really hard, and I've kind of openly talked about that. How mindset wise is it's kind of yeah, it's really tough to continue. But um, you need to find what what drives you. I think that's what's really important, and whether it's that kind of the gold medal at the end of the rainbow or whether it's the kind of the journey and for me it's always the journey that 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 makes you and uh the lessons that you learn on that that journey as well so uh with the pandemic being quite tough and a lot of negativity like you turn on the tv it's all this is negative this is negative yeah you need uplifting stories and i think as as sportsmen and women we offer that hope um and also hopefully we have our younger fans that and and older fans can come with us on that journey and we can give them a bit of uh happiness in their life yeah definitely i, th I think i think for me it like it, it's 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 about having kind of achievable goals um like you say for you know people like you say people might be focusing on the gold medal or such like but it's kind of having those bite-sized goals that maybe you can achieve or something you can achieve every day um that will help you in the long run and in the journey to, to hopefully winning that gold medal or whatever that you want to achieve um and like you say we're we're living in just crazy times at the, at the moment and I'm the same as you. I love the journey. I love working hard. I love the feeling afterwards. But all of that is is helping for success, hopefully, in the future or selection or going to the games or each game, if you were going to kind of um, as, a, as a women's footballer, each game to progress. Um, it's, it's all the work you do now. 
Um, so I think that's what, why. What about the process as well of, of selection? I'm sure I'm sure the viewers and listeners would want to know how you get selected for because obviously it's not it's not for your national team, is it? It's it's for Great Britain, and that is slightly different. So how how does that work in re- regarding one being selected, and then how big is that squad, and what does that look like? Yeah, so to be part of Team GB for, for women's football, um, you first you have to qualify, which you do at a World Cup, um, where you have to be the one of the third best ranked or best placed in the World Cup European teams, um, which England were. Um, and then it's about um, selection, like you say. So that's England, Northern Ireland, Scotland and Wales. So all those players in those nations um, could be selected for Team GB. Um, and the squad's very small. It's an 18-person squad, um, and then four reserves go at the same time. So it's very small. Wow. A normal tournament, say for a World Cup, for instance, we, England, we took 23, and then an extra an extra goalkeeper. So essentially, we took 24 players. Um, and then you basically get a long squad. So that could be anyone long out of those list, four yeah. nations. Yeah, a long yeah. list. And then that gets shortened. So I believe kind of like April time, that will get shortened right down to a short list. Um, I think there's two camps then uh, before the games. Um, so, yeah, they'll be looking at everything. All the games you're playing, everything. So you're being monitored all the time. So it's just about consistently working hard, trying to perform, trying to play for your club and doing the best as you can really to be selected. And you've got a new, you've got a new manager? At the moment, we've got like an interim manager. Um, We don't know who our Team GB manager will be yet. Um, But yeah, hopefully, hopefully soon. Um, Like what what about for you, like for like selection for for the Paralympics? Yes. So we have um, different criteria. It's um, gold or silver at um, World Championships before Mm -hmm. the Paralympics gets you uh, pre-selected. And again, we have like a long list and then those athletes that are pre-selected so i'm a pre-selected athlete but you still have to show form yeah so within um an 18 month period you'll have to submit uh races that are showing you that you're not just going to turn up and just kind of jog jog your event it's about kind of being very competitive and and hopefully winning one of those three medals mm. that that aims that that gains your sport funding for the other ath- uh, athletes in the future yeah um so it's it is a it's a quite a complicated process but it's for me it's exactly the same as you really it's about kind of really working hard getting selected and then not just having a tracksuit or a shirt but then actually really doing your country proud at the next olympics and paralympics do you on the back of that sorry do you feel pressure um because you said about like gaining medals um to gain funding for for the next athletes potentially coming through do you feel pressure to achieve that not only for yourself but for the future no <laughs> <laughs> I, I, so I, I think if i think about it too much yeah. it's like anything i, I think like i race against uh, in a stadium 800,000 uh, 800,000 800, 8, 8, people <laughs> and well when we when we analyze the, the the people that won gold in mm. in that games to the actual money that the the sport got, my medal was worth about one point one million pounds wow. for the sport. Yeah, so if 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 my performance director said, "Oh, Richard, yeah, you just need to run this two hundred yeah. meters. It's going to take you twenty four seconds. If you don't win, it's going to cost the country one point one million pounds." Yeah, yeah, then yeah. maybe it would be a little bit different. Yeah, yeah. But but he actually said to me before my event, "Richard, don't mess this up because you're the ma- major gold medal hope today." <laughs> 
He did say that to me. I've, I, I, I've, I spoke to him loads since. And I said, why did you say that? And he just said, well, because I kind of got to know your personality mm. and knew that you just lay everything on the line and just deliver. Uh, so he obviously knew knew what kind of motivated me. Did that put a fire in your belly? Or were you yeah, just well, like, just shut up? Because I, when, I, when, I, when I won, I went round and I saw my coach, gave my coach a big hug. And then I said to him, I said, never doubt me. Literally, yeah. I asked my coach, I said, never doubt me. And he went, yeah. I didn't. I went, never doubt me. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and because because when I when I first went into the GB team, I went uh, to the World Championships the year prior, and I was literally the last athlete on the plane. So they took like 40-odd athletes, and I was number 40. So them, their expectations were very uh, small mm. for me within the team. Wow. And I, I've, I won the World Championships in, in New Zealand and then obviously did what I did since. But it, it just shows for those for those children out there mm. that maybe think you're the last person selected for your team, don't feel that you're any less significant yeah. than anybody else because you can achieve massive things. And it, yeah. it, I think for me, it's, it was just that spark in my, in, in my tummy, that fire in my belly that I needed. And everybody's got a gift. It's just about trying to nurture that gift and, and kind yeah. of bring that that gift to the table and yeah. always always believe <laughs> right so, thank you so that's look, great Which yeah one? i know i, I know <laughs> oh. so great great questions there oh, very proactive school you should be really proud of yourself learning <laughs> learning teaching school yeah i think so, we did have a question but i thought this one was good yeah um what ideas do you have to keep active healthy whilst we're all spending more time on screens you first. I think it's, it's, it's a very true statement, isn't it? We're all staying in our homes a lot more. There's homeschooling, there's um, TV to watch. Um, so for me, it's about getting in a routine. Um, so whether you can take Gee. breaks every kind of hour, couple of hours, whether that's only like 10, 15 minutes, whether that's a bit of a walk around the house, whether you go outside um, and just, just kind of separate yourself from those screens. I think that's important to mentally kind of switch off from what you're doing. And um, definitely for me, it's been going out for walks. I've said before about doing Lego, but just something completely different than, than kind of staying on those screens. Yeah, spending time with, with people, uh, yeah. family. Staying uh, connected. Yeah, yeah to, to, to reality because the, the, the screen time does get consuming and you can lose yourself like social media wise the really bad thing about it is it just consuming yeah uh, so try and if you aren't working try and come away from the screen in its entirety close the screen down don't be playing video games or looking social media try and kind of get out get some fresh air it, it's invigorating and it's empowering and then also it gives you that time to kind of chat to people about how you're feeling uh, and that's really important because yeah. I think when you're consumed by technology, sometimes you bottle up those those feelings until until you need to kind of have have a sit down with other people. So yeah, definitely get away from that, that screen time. Really yeah. important. Yeah. Spend time with people and uh, tr communicate. Really important. Definitely. Really important. Um, so this is from Twitter, uh, Sarah Robertson. Um, it's actually uh, for Lucy, age nine. Um, so. For me, well, what are the keys to football skills for me to practice on my own whilst at home and not training with my team? Um, and can you show us? Can you show us in your... <laughs> um, I think we said this, you know, 
a little bit before whatever you can do in your house in the garden whether you've got some cones toilet roll anything, skipping rope anything, skipping rope, yeah. anything um just little skills touches um and for me i'd say that my main thing would be practice both your right and left foot so so you've got um an ability to kind of use both which is really important um in, in football but but we've said before have fun go outside yeah, yeah. have fun um and um that's 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 what i do every day really which i'm really lucky to be able you to hear you hear a lot of people that kind of have done like in lockdown like marathons in the back garden and things Crazy. like that so yeah. so don't feel that you need to have a football pitch to play or practice those skills no. You can do, I think it's it's best to do them outside because you don't want to be kicking a football inside and, and kick the TV off the wall or something like that. We, <laughs> we, we, we definitely don't want to be responsible no. for that. But yeah, you go outside and if you've got cones or if you haven't got cones, uh, jumpers or shoes, or, anything, or shoes yeah. anything that you can use to do some skills. And whether that's uh, hockey skills, or that's netball skills, football you can do like some running drills for athletics. Yeah. Uh, you can practice like be, being part of a, a relay team and handing like shoes to each other and, <laughs> and just be creative. Fun, yeah. yeah, sport is creative. It's about yeah. bringing your creative self out. And also then when you're doing that, share that with your classmates virtually. So look, this is what I've been doing at home. Let's all kind of have a virtual kind of relay or let's have a, a virtual circuit at home which I've been doing with my coach. I've been doing circuits at home, mm. which has been keeping me active while yeah. I've been in quarantine from coming back from South Africa. <laughs> <laughs> and the last, we've got one more question, haven't we? We've got one yeah. more, again from Twitter. Uh, and this is, well, was from Sarah uh, Robertson as well, but this is for William Age 7. Uh, what's your best football move uh, I could use to beat my dad and sister? That's so he's good. seven years old. Best football move. Are you are you a Cruyff Turner? Um, are you um, a... I haven't got a lot of skills in my locker, if I'm being honest. So my suggestion would be, obviously, don't spend a lot of time on screens, but I reckon research a few on YouTube, practice them without them knowing, and then the next time you're in the garden, outside, wherever, and then you just surprise them with... Bring it to the crazy, party, right? Crazy <laughs> football move. And who would you um, suggest to look at then on the women's and the men's game? Um, I would say maybe like Messi, someone like that. I think he's got some cool moves. Um, That's me. That's me. I'm Messi. Um, true. <laughs> well, Zidane, to be fair, Zidane, who you mentioned earlier, he yeah, was some... very good at football. Um, what about the, the women's game? It's mm. <sighs> a good one, actually. Um, I've got a very good person on my team, but I don't think there's any videos of her doing any skills. I reckon just search the best football moves to learn. Um, sorry, I can't oh, be wow. more helpful. I'm not very skillful, to be fair. I'm going to try and find some that you've done there. You must have, in, 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 in game action, you must have done some... Well, unless I'm tripping of... over my own feet, then I don't <laughs> think it was what I wanted to happen. Um <laughs> But yeah, if William, if if you if you do learn one, can you kind of send, send us in. send it into us at Track and Wall Pod on Twitter because I'd love to see it. Um, and there's that's all the questions. We've done them all. So yeah, thank you, thank you everyone for sending them in. Um, it's been amazing hearing so many different kind of varied questions um, and from children, from so many different schools. We absolutely love doing the live and and. You know, we really wanted to answer every question. That's why we wanted to do this extra episode, really. 
Yeah, and I think for us, it's about kind of continuing this journey. And and if there is any any underlying questions, feel free to reach out via social media. We're going to have some more lives in the future, but really be governed by what the what the children, what the classes, what the schools are really going through at the moment. So if you've got any subjects that you want us to tackle or to talk mm-hmm. about that you can utilise within in your school time or extracurricular or individually, then fire those over. Remember to subscribe uh, to, to YouTube, follow us on, obviously, Track on Ball on Twitter. And we want to see you all soon. And also look at some of our other um, podcasts because they've got some real key messages in there about hope, resilience, aspiration, and how we can all be a lot more kinder. Thanks, guys. Um, And stay safe, everyone. And we'll see you hopefully soon for a new episode. Cross comes in. White with the header. And here comes Whitehead. It's gold for Great Britain. 